You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You as we go over the news with our good friend Haya from Drone DJ. Haya, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much for having me again. Pleasure to be here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm looking forward to going over a lot of news this week from new drones to new firmware updates to how drones are still being used for good and how Kitty Hawk is now commanding the airspace battle that was once owned by other companies. So what do we have first, Haya? There's so much going on. A lot of people want to hear what's up. What do we have for their first story this week? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a busy week again. I mean, but um, for today, this morning, uh, DJI came out with an announcement. So let's start with that one. I think that's probably the biggest news of today. Uh, they've announced their Matrice 200 version 2 and the 210 version 2, as well as new Flight Hub Enterprise software. And we knew that these uh, version 2 drones were coming out. Uh, we had published an article earlier when we noticed the uh, FCC filing. Uh, but as of today, uh, these two new drones are official and they're also already available. Now, of course, uh, the question is, how are these um, version 2 drones different? Well, for one, they have OcuSync 2.0 now, and they also have encrypted data transmission. And of course, for a lot of companies, uh, in order to be able to use drones, security and data security has always been uh, on the top of the list. Uh, it seems that DJI has now addressed that with, uh, with these two new products. They are also featured with uh, top and bottom anti-collision beacons. So these drones are actually uh, already ready for nighttime operations, as well as beyond visual line of sight um, operations. So this is really DJI trying to provide the hardware for the industry and enterprise customers to take drones to the next level. FlightHub Enterprise is new and allows the companies to manage larger fleets of drones. I mean, of course, the big difference with individual or smaller drone operators is that these enterprise customers tend to have tens, if not hundreds of drones that need to be maintained, managed, planned, and everything. So you need the software to be able to do that correctly. Um, I think that today with DJI's release, uh, both for the hardware and software, they're making yet another big step in their commitment to the enterprise drone markets. And it wouldn't surprise me if we're going to see a lot more companies starting to use drones in the near future. It is very interesting. Uh, a couple key things that I noticed about the difference between the old M210 and the new M210, and for everyone out there, they are updating the entire 200 series. So that's the M200, M210, and M210 RTK. So a couple of key things that I saw, Haya, um, we had an M210 and actually sold it. We loved the M210, except for a couple of key things that inhibited some operations. Like for example, we could never use the X7 camera because there was no way to have any onboard recording. And now the new version two drones do have that onboard recording. So I think that's really cool. Another thing that I found really interesting as well is you know, they're talking about TimeSync. TimeSync is that same application that is being used on the P4 RTK. So I'm wondering if now the new Matrice series is able to write the RTK GPS data in the EXIF portion of photos, because if so, that would be really powerful. And you could use cameras like the X4S, 
the X7. So you could actually have some mapping capability if that is the case, and that is truly exciting. In addition, I think it's also exciting for a lot of government agencies and entities to be able to use this drone with the AES-256 encryption. Now, it'll be interesting to see if they actually use this drone because one of the big trends that we've been seeing here in training a lot of pilots, Haya, is that a lot of companies are now really utilizing smaller consumer drones that are able to essentially tackle the same problems without the expense of this equipment. And another thing we're hearing is, you know, it's a message that I would say one particular agency would like to get out, and I've said it before, is, you know, for all of these local governments, don't go out and spend a crap load of money on a big unit like this. Learn what you can do with drones first before you put all the money into equipment, because we found that oftentimes people realize that they can do a whole lot with smaller vehicles than this. But it is really exciting now that there are added capabilities. The upward-facing and downward-facing uh, beacons is really, really important, because with the downward-facing beacon, I don't see how you're going to meet the FAA guidelines of seeing the strobe from three statute miles away. So that's really exciting. In addition, on Flight Hub, you know, there are other enterprise solutions out there. So this is really great. And I know even Kitty Hawk has an enterprise solution that is pretty uh, popular inside of the community. But moving on, it looks like DJI also has been updating other equipment. Is that right? Yeah, uh, earlier this week, DJI came out with uh, two firmware updates. One is for the DJI uh, Osmo Plus, uh, one that I know that you are actually quite familiar with. It's one of my uh, favorite cameras. It be, yeah, it seems to be a, a pretty small firmware update. It really has to do with the uh, the battery uh, capability in uh, lower temperature environments. And the second uh, DJI firmware that they came out with has to do with the DJI Phantom 4 RTK. And... You and I spoke about this before the show uh, a little bit already. There seems to be quite a bit of overlap with the previous uh, firmware updates for the Phantom 4 RTK that was released in January. However, I think there are some differences here that still uh, make this firmware update uh, a good one to install. Uh, but maybe you can uh, shine some more light on that as well. I agree with you that I think anyone who's using the P4RTK should immediately update their firmware as there were a lot of bugs in the last firmware, even bugs that would cause people to be mid-mission, land for whatever reason, and then the drone wouldn't remember essentially where it would left off in that mission to complete that mission. But in addition, they fixed an issue with the storage path of pictures um, that are shot during automatic operations, and I'm sure that that's probably a big deal for people if they're thinking that they're out on a job site and they're mapping something and they're acquiring that data, and yet they figure out that they didn't actually acquire any data. That actually used to be a big issue with the Pix4D app um, a couple of years ago. That being said, if you have the P4 RTK, I would really recommend that you upgrade that firmware. Speaking of upgrades, Haya, there is some really exciting news here that I want to jump into. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about Kitty Hawk's new dynamic airspace. I think it is something that people are not really understanding the power of or how this is going to change things. But why don't you go ahead and uh, drop the bombshell? What did Kitty Hawk just do? 
Yeah, this happened the day before yesterday. Uh, Kitty Hawk released their Kitty Hawk Dynamic Airspace, which is an app that uh, you run on your phone, as you can see on the article on Drone DJ. We have some screenshots of how this would look. But really, the, the key component is that they bring together all the different data sources that you need uh, to fly commercial drone operations in one handy app. So, of course, it's going to tell you about the different airspace classes, sensitive areas, whether you're near airports or other facilities. But also it will tell you about any TFRs and the status of your lens authorization. So if you've applied to fly in a certain controlled airspace environment, then you'll be able to uh, check on the status of your lens applications right from your phone. Now, of course, we know that uh, as soon as you can get everything on a phone that's always with you in, an, in a smart and handy app, uh, people tend to use those products much more. And I think this is a huge step for making uh, your commercial drone operations uh, that much easier to manage. Could not agree more. And something that I really love about Kitty Hawk's new dynamic airspace is the ability to essentially aggregate your own data inside of these airspace maps, which means your authorizations. It means your locations, even annotations and points of interest. So if you're mapping things over and over, you can put all of your information there. In addition, this is something that's really powerful and something that the DJI Flight Hub is not doing to my knowledge, which is essentially what Kitty Hawk has done is they've taken this Kitty Hawk airspace and in addition with their enterprise users, they've added this fundamental compliance alerts. It's like, how do you ensure that when you train drone pilots for your company that they actually follow the training, that they're actually doing what they say that they're doing, and they're not putting risk on the company in itself, right? Can you imagine the problems that would arise if you had a drone pilot who was flying in controlled airspace without an authorization and in an area that maybe he or she did not know they could not fly? Well, with Kitty Hawk's new enterprise system and dynamic airspace, they will be able to send out compliance alerts not only to the users, but in addition to the team, which is powerful because if your people simply fly in controlled airspace, but then fly without proper authorization or outside of an authorization, you would get an alert. That's really powerful. I mean, that's really powerful. So as you can see, I'm a little excited about this. In addition, you can see all of your link access to airspace as well. Frankly, considering where we've come from airspace, with um, Precision Hawk and AirMap, and uh, let's count Sky Vector and AirNav, right? Those have been around for decades. This is just really making, it's like taking airspace and packaging up to something that's super convenient, easy to digest, and manages all of your data in a way that limits liability and makes being a drone pilot easier. And I love that. For sure. And I think you, you, uh, pointed out a really important issue that uh, if you are a larger organization with multiple drone pilots and a fleet of drones to be able to organize this and make sure that all your people are uh, in compliance is, uh, is, a, is a big thing for sure. And I've been looking at the screenshots and uh, they seem to have a lot of detail. I haven't used the app myself uh, yet or haven't seen it yet, but just by looking at these screenshots, it seems that pretty much all the information you would want is now in your hands and at your disposal. Yes, it sure ah. is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but yeah, have you found anything that's missing? Any any information you'd be like, hey, they should have thought of this or anything else? Not yet. And I right. recently switched to Kitty Hawk, I want to say like six or eight months ago. I used to use a bunch of different apps to aggregate information. 
But I love, I just love what Kitty Hawk shows you. It's called the flight deck. So when you open up your app, it essentially gives you the most basic information that you need to make a decision on whether you can or cannot fly. But they also added things like density altitude because a lot of pilots don't understand the effect of density altitude and how you can have moisture building up on your props. If density altitude is low, temperature is low, and the dew point temperature spread is within a few degrees, you're going to get icing on your props and the bird's going to fall out of the sky. Like that's literally what happens. So what I love is just the organization of the information. It's truly incredible. And actually not to tout them too much, but I recently did a mapping job and did not have cellular data. So I could not actually pull RTK GPS points. And I actually use the baseline contour map, well, the baseline elevation in Kitty Hawk to set a known value and then post-process my static data later off of that known value. And it was within the margin of error that I could actually correct my map. So I was really happy about that. There you go. Little nuances. Awesome app. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell. Um, So what else do we have? Because it looks like drones just again and again are saving lives week after week. What happened? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of news still uh, coming out, of course. Um, I think about a year ago, we first wrote about a company in Australia. It's called, uh, they have a drone, it's called the Little Ripper. And they use those drones to patrol the beaches and to, of course, look for sharks and then warn any surfers or swimmers nearby. Now, what they started doing a while ago is they use artificial intelligence to allow the drone to distinguish between what's a swimmer in the water and what is a shark in the water or a surfer. So that software is able to distinguish between the different uh, people or animals that might be in the water. Now, The Guardian, a British newspaper, had an article uh, earlier this week about drones and big data and how that could be the next frontier in the fight against wildlife extinction. And this article is all about um, how drones can play such a uh, big and important role in uh, preserving wildlife, but how at the same time, a lot of universities and uh, teachers at universities are not equipped to teach students about the benefits of drones. Sometimes they just don't have the skills and experience themselves, oftentimes as well, they don't have access to the latest equipment. So with a drone as they are using in Australia, like the Little Ripper, you can actually see how you could be using drones and how you can use drones to count animals, for instance, or observe wildlife. And at the same time, where it actually matters at universities where they teach people, they don't have access to those tools. They don't have access to that technology. And uh, it was a really insightful article um, and a good one to point out that we really should be trying to get those universities equipped with the necessary tools so they can teach the students and that we can actually use drones uh, in a larger scale to help preserve wildlife around the world. Do you think that there's an overarching theme with universities, or at least traditional universities, because even New York Times, Washington Post has talked about how skills are becoming more valuable than degrees. And it seems like with the traditional infrastructure with traditional universities and how long it takes to get budgets and the right professors oh, yeah. and all that, that they're innately inhibited to offer UAS education. I mean, I I personally have had one of the largest, most well-known aviation schools I've had an instructor from that school in one of my own classes. And I think that that says a lot about how the university system limits itself and the information they can teach. But on a positive note, I know that there is another company called Reese. 
In fact, you and I met with uh, the guy from Reese when we were at Airworks in Dallas. And yeah. Reese is a company in software that does artificial intelligence um, volumetric mapping of animals. So it's just an animal count. It's not really a volumetric measurement, but they're able to essentially say, here's where your cows are. One of my older clients heard about this and is really interested because every morning he can figure out where they are. He can figure out, you know, if one's lost and stranded, where is it? How do I get there? And this is a really powerful tool. And just like we had uh, Kathy from the NTSB on the show earlier this week talking about how people just need to understand that drones are just another tool that create a super efficient ecosystem of data collection. And once yeah. you understand that, the, the world is really yours in, in solving problems. I think the challenge for universities is that this drone technology is evolving and growing so rapidly that by the time that they develop a class, the technology is already light years ahead of them. So it's hard to stay in sync and to stay on top of a uh, technology that grows and develops as fast as the drone world is. Hey, I empathize with universities a little bit on that. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> we, we struggle too to, to keep up with it, but we're, we're barely on the leading edge of doing it. But it seems like there are other agencies and other public institutions that are using drones as well. What else do you have in this week's news? Yeah, here this is uh, this is another story where a drone was used to do some good. Um, a girl walked out uh, on the ice at Lake Michigan, and as you know, uh, it's been pretty cold there. There's a lot of ice on that lake, but that ice always shifts. And she walked out not even that far, but apparently she slid down some slab of ice, and from the beach you couldn't see her anymore. And apparently she was out on the ice walking her dog. Uh, I don't know if that's the greatest idea, but either way, uh, that's what she decided to do. And people on the beach noticed the dog barking towards the ice. And other folks had seen her walking there earlier. So sure enough, uh, they had sent out the, um, what is it, the Park Township Fire Department. And folks from that fire department used the drone, and I think it was a DJI Mavic 2, uh, sent it out or flew it out over the ice and within minutes they were able to find the girl and they were able to bring her back safely to the shore. Now, um, this is one of those stories where everything ended well. It was a, a, a small rescue mission, if you will. But of course, with that shifting ice, it could have ended a lot worse as well. So it's a, it's a good example how a drone was able to speed up the process of finding her and bringing her back to safety. That is such a wonderful thing to hear. It's so awesome when drones are really you know, making that big of a difference, a life changing difference. But it also goes to show that theme that we were just talking about with super large equipment versus consumer yeah. drones. And this is a perfect example. The fire department is using a smaller drone to take care of these bigger issues. Yeah. And it's just really powerful. Well, from the fire department to the police, it seems like more yeah. and more public agencies are adopting these pivotal tools. What do you have for us? Yeah, this is about the uh, the New York Police Department. Of course, last year with the changing drone rules, the FAA already worked on federal agencies being able to take down drones. Now the New York Police Department wants to have the same authority and the same powers to take down drones if they feel that they need to. Now, of course, this, uh, New York is a bit of a different animal, uh, <laughs> huge city, a lot of stuff going on. So I can understand that the New York uh, Police Department would want to have those kind of powers. Uh, at the same time, once you give them to New York, then I'm sure the next city won't be far behind. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here and whether these kind of authorities to take or shoot down drones are going to be now also uh, handed out to uh, big cities like New York, but maybe Washington, uh, Philly, um, 
and any other big cities around the country. It'll be interesting to say the the least because it seems like even with the reauthorization that came out last year in giving DOD and DHS the authority to mitigate drones, it seems like no other company, no other uh, public agency is allowed to mitigate drones for whatever reason. And one of the laws that's constantly cited is 18 U.S.C. 2511, which covers the interception and disclosure of wire, oral, or electronic communications and being prohibited. So on top of that, you've got FCC law and CFAA law that essentially would inhibit anyone from doing drone detection, mitigation, um, and other things. I mean, this is, it's something that it, it seems like it's evolving. There have been a couple cases that have given people a rise um, as to the ability to do drone mitigation, but we're seeing more and more um, legal precedents set that regular companies and agencies, unless it is DOD and DHS, do not have the authority to mitigate drones whatsoever. Yeah, well, so it's going to be interesting to see now if the uh, NYPD is going to be successful in this. I mean, I understand why they want it. Uh, whether they are going to get it, I guess, remains to be seen. Yeah, it's just, you know, there was a recently drone of the day on Instagram. I'm not sure if you follow them. They posted one of the most illegal drone shots I've ever seen in my entire life. And someone did a hyperlapse over Times Square in a hacked Mavic 2 Pro. And don't get oh, wow. me wrong. It was gorgeous, right? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's like illegal on like five different levels. And it was really funny because, you know, you look at New York, how they want to mitigate drones. And what if they were trying to mitigate this Mavic 2 Pro? I think they would actually cause more harm than good, like legitimately. With that many people on the ground, there's a high risk of, yeah, making a small problem uh, much, much larger if, if things go wrong. So that, that will be tricky for sure. I love the police using drones as tools, but I'm not sure that I'm a fan of giving the police the power to mitigate against them. Um, I know that, you know, on the federal level, that is available. It is possible. And I think that it should be left to the feds. Yeah, I, ten, I tend to agree with you on that one. I mean, uh, unless there is a, uh, a good solution to take down drones in a safe manner, um, and, and that would be a clear solution that we know would be used in those cases, then maybe it'd be different. But for now, I think uh, the way it's set up is probably the best way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Well, there yeah. there was a lot of news this week, Haya, from the firmware <laughs> updates to new drones from DJI um, to how they're being used. I mean, frankly... I love seeing the evolution of this industry. It is just really inspiring. There's, uh, I'm always amazed with how much news comes out every single day. And it's nice when we do these weekly shows is that you kind of have a recap of what are the big highlights. And I don't think we've ever been in a situation that we didn't know what to talk about when it comes <laughs> to <drug> news. <laughs> and I don't see that uh, changing anytime soon. So uh, it's good to have this. I agree 100%. In fact, I think we may hear some pretty big bombshells next week, which if you're listening to the show, you cannot miss next week's new show. Right, Haya? Uh, no, 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 of course not. Uh, be sure to tune in and be sure to check in with Drone U and uh, Drone DJ, of course. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to the show. Haya, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate everything that you do in organizing and aggregating the news for this week. Thank you, my friend. You're more than welcome, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. And thank you, everyone who's listening to the show. If you want to subscribe, please do, or leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you download the show. But that's going to do it for us today. You're listening to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. 
We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.